It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? This is your host, Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's your Thursday edition of Locked On Rams, and I am still hyped up, ready to roll. Don't forget, you can find me at, at LA underscore Rambling Bear and at Locked On Rams on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, hit me up in the Gmail. That's Locked On Rams at gmail.com. So send over your comments, questions, concerns, anything you want to hear on the podcast or how you're feeling about these playoffs coming up. I know I'm excited. I know James is excited. We had him on yesterday. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, go back to our episode yesterday. It was the first day back in a while. As you can tell, I'm still fighting a cold, but I am jacked up and I'm ready for some playoff football. It's only a few days away. Again, this is the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. Well, we got a really exciting show today. I actually have Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons was great enough to join me, talk the matchup. Got to hear some insight on the Atlanta Falcons. For me personally, I didn't know too much about the inner workings of that team, so it was good to hear uh, what was going on with the Atlanta Falcons, how they felt coming into this game, and for someone that covers them, all the great insight, some of the injuries, who to watch out for, and all that good stuff. So I guess without further ado, here's my conversation with Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons. Enjoy, guys. All right, guys, you were locked on Falcons and locked on Rams. I am one of your hosts for tonight's crossover podcast. I am Aaron Freeman, joined by Bear Motter. We're going to be talking about this upcoming wild card playoff matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and the Los Angeles Rams. Bear, uh, welcome to Locked on Falcons, and I hope you welcome me over to Locked on Rams. Definitely. I'm excited to kind of jump on the line here with you and talk some playoff football. I mean, both teams here. Obviously, you guys coming off of last year's Super Bowl run and kind of ending in that dramatic fashion. But, uh, you know, coming back this year up and down, but you made it in the playoffs on, you know, the the last day of the season. Uh, For us Rams, it's just exciting to be involved in bonus football right now. We had four wins last year, uh, a lot of changes both on on the field and off the field. And we didn't expect a turnaround to happen this fast, but we were all excited. And now our expectations are going higher and higher. And we're hosting a playoff football game. So nothing we can be too upset about. And, you know, it's an exciting time of year for NFL fans. Absolutely. I remember when the Rams started off the season, I, I thought they would start hot just because of the new energy with the hire of Sean McVay. But my expectation going to the year was that they would fade a little bit as the second half of the season uh, grew and, and teams figured them out, then that nece- wasn't necessarily the case. And so uh, congratulations to the Rams for certainly outperforming my expectations. I'm curious if they sort of outperform your expectations heading into the year. Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. You know, I think most of the country felt that way as we were getting off to these big wins. And, you know, for us, it was just a win was a big win, right? And then you had a lot of people breaking down, you know, our schedule and saying, oh, you've beat the Giants and you beat the Niners and you know, and kind of just picking apart uh, the games that we won. And as we started piling up, and I think where we started to really pick up confidence and start to understand what we had here was went on the road and won in Dallas. And yeah, they ended up not being a playoff team. But at that point of the year, they had all their guns going. Uh, They still were the Dallas Cowboys at home. 
Uh, and we rattled off four road wins in a row, and it started to look like, hey, this team is almost as comfortable, if not more comfortable, playing on the road uh, than here at home. And, and these days, that's tough to find. So we started to believe in them pretty soon after that game and start to understand that, you know, with McVeigh and just listening to that, that guy's speech, you, you start to hear, you know, you got something special. So it was fun to kind of watch the rest of the country doubt us. And, and I think a lot of people still are um, you know, not sure about us. And, you know, especially with this interesting matchup of, you know, you guys coming in with the playoff experience and, you know, you held this position last year as being, you know, the number one offensive team last year. And, um, you know, that experience of the playoffs, I think a lot of people still are saying, well, this could be the game where the, you know, uh, the six seed comes in and makes some noise. We've seen in the past that the wildcard route, anything can happen. So, you know, really excited to get to this game. I wish it was tomorrow night and we could just, you know, line them up and play. But got a couple days to go and um, we've got a couple interesting storylines kind of breaking down as we get up there. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit of an update from what you got on some of the injuries. I saw uh, Devontae Freeman um, has kind of been limited and even been out at points. I saw Julio Jones was limited in practice. I know this is playoff football. Um, so I expect some of those guys to play, but you know, what's going on with the injuries over in Atlanta? Well, Falcon fans know that Julio Jones being on the injury report is nothing new. That's basically been a weekly occurrence for like five years now. It seems like, um, <laughs> right. it, he, you know, the, the joke I always say on my podcast is that he is a, a Ferrari. He's a very expensive sports car. And so when the, the car breaks down, the maintenance fees get pretty high. So the Falcons do have to make a certain uh, amount of effort to sort of keep him rested and not sort of get him tired during the week. So he gets a lot of days off and a lot of limited reps. And then he goes out and is Julio Jones on Sunday. So right. his his appearance on the injury report wasn't a, a huge cause for concern uh, for Falcon fans. Cause he's, you know, he's a consummate pro and he's going to gut through it even when he's not healthy. You know, Julio Jones at 75%, it's often joked that he's still better than, you know, 90% of the receivers in the league. So um, the real yeah. injury concern was Devontae Freeman and him being limited on, on or being out on, on Tuesday's practice, but coming back on Wednesday being limited, that is a positive sign. The Falcons head coach Dan Quinn indicated that they are encouraged for his ability to play on Saturday against the Rams. And so that certainly is certainly encouraging to me because I was – not on the verge of panicking, but it was one of those things <laughs> where if he didn't play in this game, I was going to be very concerned and very nervous because he is a, a key component of the Falcons' offense, their ability to establish a run, the ability to build play-action passing off of that. The primarily, you know, the thing that their offense has lacked this season compared to last season is the explosive element to the same degree. And when, you know, when they are explosive this season, primarily, particularly in the second half of the season, when the offense came up a little bit stronger than they were during the middle of the season, um, it was a lot of their explosiveness was built off of the play action and, and Devontae Freeman being healthy and, and running at his, you know, at his, to his level uh, is a key component of that. So um, the fact that the Falcons are, sound a little bit more optimistic about his status than they were 24 hours ago certainly makes me a little bit more optimistic about Saturday's matchup. Yeah, we want to see, you know, everyone healthy. You know, you always you don't want a, a main player out. I, I'm I'm the uh, live on the side of I want the best of the best that can play. So I, I really hope he does get to play because I want to see, you know, a great ball game. And, and I want to talk a little bit about Julio Jones here for a second. You had mentioned him as being that expensive Ferrari and, you know, the pros pro always ready to go, uh, which he has been. But 
looking kind of at his stats, the guy, they throw to him all the time, right? He's averaging about anywhere from 8 to 15 targets over the past eight games. But out of those eight games, he's only gone over the 100-yard mark twice. Obviously, he had that huge monster game of 253 yards against Tampa Bay. Uh, but what has been different from this year to last year or even the couple years in the past where you know Julio was just constantly over that 100-yard mark and you know getting those eight catches and was that dominant force, which I'm still afraid of him. Don't, don't get this wrong. Like He can go off at any moment. He's an unbelievable wide receiver, probably one of the best in the game. Uh, but it seems like his production really hasn't been there as much. Do, do you, do, is that really because of the offensive coordinator switch or, or what's going on with that? And, and is he capable of coming out to L.A. and just going off? Yes, it's, it's an interesting development. His touchdowns have been down this year by a significant degree. He only scored touchdowns in two games this year, finished the year with three touchdowns. Um, the interesting thing was last season, the Falcons, you know, there was a lot of games where Julio didn't didn't have monster numbers. And the, what made the Falcons often so potent was that even when you went into the games completely focused on, we got to find a way to contain, we got to find a way to stop Julio Jones, it was the Taylor Gabriels, the Mohamed Sanus, the Devontae Freemans, the Tevin Coleman's, et cetera, that really sort of hurt you and found, and the, you know, Kyle Shanahan was able to find ways to exploit those guys. And that really hasn't been the case this year. So even though Julio is sort of the same player he was last year with some games where he's not being this huge, huge monster player and then other games where he is, the fact of the matter is the bigger concern is more with the drop off from the other guys in and particularly a guy like Taylor Gabriel who was really sort of the X factor for the Falcons offense last year with all this attention focused on the running game, all this attention focused on Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu, who's technically the starter. It was really Taylor Gabriel that was the number two receiver uh, in this offense and at various times was even a more uh, impotent player and more productive player than Julio Jones was in this offense. And I think that's really more the issue that's been missing from this year's team. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, having a first-time offensive coordinator in Steve Sarkeesian, first time he's ever really called plays in the NFL and really coached in the NFL. And so he's just still trying to figure things out. He's gotten better as the season has wore on. But, um, you know, I think this week, going back to Julio, I think this is a, a good week for him because I do think if Freeman is not 100%, then the Falcons will be able to, you know, maybe put a little bit more on Julio's plate. And I think he has a, a, a potentially favorable matchup going up against Tremaine Johnson, who is a, a good corner, but I don't quite know if he's on the Xavier Rhodes, Josh Norman level of cornerback that typically, you know, does well against Julio Jones. Akeem Tlaib was another guy, um, you know, connecting it to Wade Phillips last year. So, you know, I think Julio has an opportunity to have another monster game this week if the Falcons can find a way to get him going. Yeah, you mentioned Tremaine Johnson there, and uh, Rams Nation out here will <clears throat> kind of agree with you. I think we, we've started to trust him more and more. He's had some really good games, <clears throat> shutting down some pretty good wide receivers uh, here of late, and he kind of has this chip on his shoulder, and I think that for us, is something we're hoping he is using for motivation. When you got when you got a guy like Julio coming in, and the hype is there for as you know, and, and even the production is there behind it to say this guy's one of the best in the game. Really hoping that one. Uh, Wade Phillips has always been great of scheming things and moving people around, and so uh, we expect to see Tremaine Johnson on him a lot. But we could see some some you know movement there and have some other guys on him to kind of keep it fresh. 
uh, it's going to be a matchup that I'm definitely, and I think a lot of people out here in LA are going to be watching. Uh, another name that you mentioned was uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, no stranger to the LA market out here. I don't think he's going to get a lot of welcome cards when he walks in the door, but um, you know, there has been that transition from last year being the number one offense in the league. Uh, thankfully, the Rams have taken over that crown this year, which was an amazing feat for us because we were last in the league last year. Um, but in the last two games, Falcons are 2-9 and nine in the red zone. Been an area of struggle. One thing that the Rams do pretty well that we've been you know, talking about here on Rams, uh, locked on Rams all year is, is we do this bend but don't break, right? We've been giving up some big plays and we give up points here and there. Uh, but when we get down in the red zone, there seems to be something that just switches in this defense that says, you know, we'll give up three, but we're not going to give up seven. How do you see um, Sark coming out here and trying to adjust to that, um, you know, with the play calling? It'll, it'll be an interesting thing because, you know, one of the big topics that we've talked about quite a bit on Locked on Falcons and anytime I have a guest on the show, I've mentioned to him, you know, I basically say we talk about Sark every episode, so I have to get your opinion on what's your opinion on Sark um, <laughs> in, in his play calling. And it's been up and down this year. You know, some corners of, of, of Falcon fans and, and media people would say it's been a lot more down than up. Others may differ with that. So that's a raging topic of debate. I like to believe that I'm somewhere in the middle in terms of how much confidence I have in Sark, but certainly there have been times as of late that don't necessarily inspire me with confidence. I thought he did a good job in this week 17 game against Carolina, which gives me a little bit more confidence that he'll find ways to figure things out against this, this Rams um, defense. And I do think, you know, the key for them is going to be just not letting Aaron Donald wreck their offense. And I think if, if they can prevent him from, you know, when they get down into the red zone and, and they want to get into opportunities where they want to try to run the ball in and Aaron Donald's, you know, four yards into the backfield, you know, stuffing Devontae Freeman and Tevin Cohen for losses. Obviously that's not going to help them put points on the board. And I think what winds up happening, what favors the Falcons when they get into the red zone is so many people, the expectation is, Oh, they're going to throw the ball to Julio Jones and he draws so much attention. They're able to sort of build things off of that. And it allows guys like Muhammad Sanu and, and Austin Hooper to, to get opportunities and, and they've taken advantage of those for the most part this season. So I, I do think the Falcons are in a, in a favorable position when it comes to the red zone and getting some conversions, but certainly, you know, in the, in these sort of playoff games where it's so heightened and the competition is so high, you kind of have to be perfect in a lot of ways. And so any opportunities where you have to settle for three points instead of getting the seven points when you get down in the red zone could be, what costs you a game. And so um, it'll be interesting for me to see how the Falcons handle that. I think because they have a little bit of playoff experience, not necessarily Sark, I think that bodes well for them. And I'm sort of curious, what are your thoughts on sort of the Rams lack of playoff experience, at least on the offensive side of the ball with head coach Sean McVay and uh, quarterback Jared Goff. We know Wade Phillips has been there, done that. Uh, But uh, I'm curious if you, if you think, maybe the offense won't be as reliable and as explosive coming out of the gates as they've, you know, as you guys have been accustomed to seeing this year, just because of, you know, the sort of the heightened reality of playing in the postseason. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it is the the question of the hour out here in Los Angeles trying to figure out, you know, we've seen these guys go 11 and five all season, put up, you know, obviously the league leading in, in points. 
Uh, and you're curious, what does happen when you get to the playoffs with a young group? We only have five guys that have ever seen uh, the postseason. So uh, you're looking at a lot of people that this is brand new, listening to some of the guys around uh, talking. They're really excited about getting out there. They're amped. Almost has the same feel when we went up to Seattle. It's like these guys are you know, raring to go. It's like you're holding them back by the collar. And as soon as you let them go, they're just going to come flying out. The great thing that we have is, you know, talk about the, the youth and inexperience with Sean McVay, head coach. If you ever get a chance, go listen to some of his post-game speeches. The guy is just a, a miracle worker as far as motivation. Um, I know he's got, although he's young, he has got a game plan. The Since the moment he took the job and went up to the podium, he has not veered off of his mission, his, his um, tone of voice, what he believes, what he thinks we can do. Uh, so I expect them to come out ready, looking at this, almost prepare for this game like they were prepare for, you know, week four of the preseason. Um, these guys, I think, you know, are going to come out ready to go. I expect them to put up a lot of points as, as usual. And I think that's, you know, what goes into that conversation we just came off of is, you know, if we start getting into field goal game, it's going to be tough uh, to kind of keep pace because I think the Rams are going to put up some points. And I think you'll even see us. Um, you know, go for it a couple times on some fourth and two or or shorts because we do have Sam Ficken as our our kicker now. We've lost our Pro Bowl kicker, and we're not really sure what we got yet. He hasn't had much practice beyond 30 yards. Um, so I I would love to see how McVay is going to call his first playoff game and how aggressive he's going to be uh, coming after what we've seen with your own Atlanta Falcons last year in the Super Bowl. When you start to get conservative in the postseason, it can come back and bite you in the butt. So I'm excited. I really think the Rams really aren't going to have much of a hiccup or a change from the regular season. But that's why we line it up and play on Sundays, and in this case on Saturdays, uh, to see really what happens in, in a short week of preparation. And, and playoff football is different, you know, and these guys are going to experience it. But I am very excited to see how that goes. And as we talk about this, you know, offense that, um, you know, led the league in in scoring um very many teams very few teams have been able to slow them down right we've seen uh minnesota vikings had a pretty good game against them uh and then early in the season seattle kind of held them to one of their slower games and they did it from the linebacking core uh with speed and agility i mean you've got guys like uh jones campbell and vic beasley how do you see them being able to shut down todd Gurley and and that play action pass with with jared goff it's going to be a challenge because I've said all along this season, when you look at the Falcons defense, I think the linebacker core is the biggest weakness on the team. Even though you look at it, you see a lot of talent. You see a lot of young talent. Uh, fortunately for the Falcons, Deion Jones has really come on strong in the month of December. So I, I feel a little bit more confident that those guys will be able to show up on Saturday and play well. Um, but it's going to be a challenge for them because throughout the season, teams that have had running backs that are capable out of the backfield, whether it's Alvin Kamar or Christian McCaffrey or Theo Riddick or somebody else, those teams have been uh, pretty successful getting the ball in the hands of their running backs. And certainly that's been a huge element of the Rams' success. And that's certainly something that they, you know, pride their offense on being able to get Ty Gurley the ball both as a runner and a receiver. Um, so, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily bode well for the Falcons preventing that. And so it's going to really boil down to their ability to when he does get the ball in space, they're going to be able to have to, you know, bring him down in the open field and prevent him from getting yards after contact and yards after the catch, which tackling has been a little bit iffy for the Falcons. It's been better as of late. 
but it certainly has not been un- to a consistent enough degree where I feel completely confident that, you know, given a, having a guy like uh, Todd Gurley, a big physical running back like him, as opposed to some of these other guys like uh, Kamar and, and McCaffrey, who are lighter and quicker guys, um, you know, that's a different challenge for the Falcons linebacker who, you know, are fast guys that make plays in space, but aren't necessarily the guys that you want going toe-to-toe with Todd Gurley in the hole. And it'll be interesting, I think, one wrinkle that the Falcons can throw at the Rams potentially is by asking Keanu Neal to um, cover Gurley a little bit more where he brings a little bit more of a physical element. They did that in Week 16 against uh, New Orleans, uh, going up against Kamar, and that was partially facilitated because Neal's real value for the team not only as a run defender is his ability to, to go man-to-man against tight ends. And uh, since the Saints don't really have much to speak of at the tight end position since Kobe Fleener got hurt, um, they were that freed up Neil to go up against uh, Kamara. And, you know, Kamara got the better of him early in the game, but as the game progressed, Neil sort of stepped up and, and really sort of kept him contained. And I, I think that may be some, some, another way that the Falcons can try to keep uh, Ty Gurley contained uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and you know what? That's kind of what we're hoping. Um, you know, Sean McVay is thinking as well because the one thing that uh, the Rams have, you know, been great at, and what he's so great at is finding matchups and really making the defense think before and after the the snap. And you know, we've got two tight ends who are great uh, pass catchers. Obviously, Higby for us being probably the leader there, um, and being able to probably have to, you know steals some of that coverage over away when we go in different formations. One of my favorite things that McVay has done all year is even as Rams fans watching every game, we're always seeing something new. We're always seeing something where he kind of would will set you up. You'll see four plays in a row, and you even as a fan, you start to you know pick up on there's a trend here, and then all of a sudden he'll throw the screwball at you um, and keep you on your toes. It's going to be an interesting matchup uh, to watch all, all game on both sides on the ball. Um, what would probably be your big takeaway that you know maybe you need this player to be your x factor this game to really win the game who would it be maybe someone that rams nation wouldn't be too familiar with um that you're going to count on big on saturday that's a tough question because i think the, the 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 more obvious names that you would think of are sort of the guys that the falcons sort of need you know in these sort of big playoff games you kind of need your best players to play their best and i do think you know it's an obvious pick but i think julio jones having a big game will be huge for the Falcons offense. It it does bring a, an added dimension to the Falcons when Julio can have these monster performances. And, and as you say, the Rams, um, you know, offense is expected to not skip a beat. And if that's the case, the Falcons are going to have to put up a lot more points this season than they've had to for most of these games that they've had to win. You know, the, I think they're, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think their record in terms of games where they score more than 20 points is like nine and zero this season, and and when they score less than twenty points, they're like one and six, or, or whatever the the record is. I'm, I'm bad at math, but um, <laughs> I, I think um, going up against this Rams offense, if the Falcons defense can't find a way to slow them down, you know, scoring twenty one or twenty four points probably is not going to cut it against an offense that's basically averaging thirty points a game. And so, if the Falcons are going to need to get up into the upper twenties, twenty eight. 30, 31 points or more, then I I don't think they're going to be able to do that without Julio Jones having a big game. And I think, you know, he's he's going to be an X factor, um, which is, again, an obvious call, but I, I, I certainly think it's it's true. 
No, that's that's a good point. And I think, you know, for me, my counter to that would be LaMarcus Joyner. Um, I think Tremaine Johnson and whoever ends up uh, covering, you know, Julio Jones is going to have his hands full. LaMarcus Joyner has been, you know, potentially, and if you ask people out here, uh, he's, he's had a Pro Bowl type year at the safety position, and that man hits like a linebacker. Uh, he's fun to watch. He flies around. He, he finds the ball really well. And I think we're going to need him, one, a couple times to shake up Julio with some big hits because you mentioned it. Julio's a big guy, right? He's not these this kind of skinny, tall wide receiver. He's a, he's a man out there, um, and we need to kind of get him a couple big hits so when he's coming across the middle to really want to think about you know what's going to happen after he catches the ball. And then I think we're going to need some sa- safety help over the top. And we can't let those big home run type plays happen. So I think for me on the defense side of the ball, it's going to be LaMarcus Joyner, um, you know, in his first playoff game to have a really big game for us to kind of hold that secondary together because our, our front can get there, right? We can we can put pressure on, but Matt Ryan this year was one of the best against the blitz and he's good at getting the ball out fast. So we're going to need that secondary to really step up and, and limit those big plays. Um, and then on the offense, offense side of the ball, it's kind of a no-brainer like you with picking Julio. It's It's got to be Todd Gurley for us. Can he find a way to continue this run that he's on? I mean, if you're anything involved in fantasy football, you know he basically won multiple people trophies this year with mm-hmm. the way he finished the season with the last three games, just you know tearing it up and really making a push for that MVP um, run and didn't even play week 17, but I think he's going to be a key factor to really take off that pressure of Jared Goff in his first playoff game and really having to make those big time throws and maybe those third and longs, which, you know, we don't want to see, you know, happening very much, but you know, those are going to be my two guys. And then the biggest question for me, and I'd like to hear your take on this cause I just don't know too much about it from your side is, is special teams. It's playoff time. Special teams are always a big portion to tilt a game when it's close and you're starting to get these really good matchups. Uh, we've got Johnny Hecker, who's an all-pro punter. We've got Farrell Cooper, who's an all-pro returner. Uh, so we feel pretty good there. Sam Fickens, our biggest question mark at, at in the kicking game. Uh, what's the special teams look like for the Atlanta Falcons, and how do you guys feel coming into this game, You know, having it potentially be you know, maybe the deciding factor in a close game? Well, the fact that you said that uh, a lot of my listeners groaned because special teams has been uh, an area of concern <laughs> throughout the season for the Falcons. Um, you know, the, the kicker and punter situation are great. You know, Matt Bosher probably hasn't had his best season as a pro, but he's certainly, you know, one of the better punters in the league. Matt Bryant just came off a game where he, he nailed five field goals uh, against the Panthers. He's you know, I know Football Outsiders did a study a couple of years ago that named him the the most clutch kicker of all time. And so, like, he's not, a, you know, even at age 42, he's not much of a, a worry at this point. It's really been the right. coverage units and the return game that has been problematic for the Falcons. And obviously that's an area of strength for the Rams because, you know, they basically swept the NFC uh, Pro Bowl vote in, in terms of special teams uh, this right. year. So uh, that is certainly a, a factor that I think could play a huge part in this game, as you mentioned, because, again, these playoff games, it is – the details, you know, the devils in the details in terms of uh, who, you know, you have typically two really good teams facing each other and it's a couple of mistakes or a couple of big plays here or there that can mount a difference. And, and just to finish off with another player that I think is an X factor um, that you mentioned in terms of 
the Rams front being able to get home. I, I do think Alex Mack, the Falcons Pro Bowl center, is going to be a, a big factor. He was nicked up in this Week 17 game and struggled in that game. He's been dealing with a calf strain. Um, it seems like he's a little bit healthier than he was a week ago. But uh, certainly if he's not p- close to you know 90% or, or whatever percentage you can expect from a player this late in the season, um, that's going to be problematic because he's going to be critical to sort of slowing down a guy like Aaron Donald who will be facing a backup guard and Ben Garland at the left guard spot with Andy Levitri sideline for the year and, and a first-year starter and Wes Schweitzer playing right guard who has been up and down this year and, and in a lot of people's eyes have been a lot more down than up. So I, I do think they need Mac to sort of stabilize the interior of the offensive line. And I think on the flip side, if they're going to slow down this Rams offense, I do think it's going to rely heavily on their, the Falcons' pass rush to, to get home and, and taking advantage of guys like Jamon Brown and, and Rob Havenstein. We saw Vic Beasley destroy Rob Havenstein in that game last year. I think the Falcons are hopeful that he can have a repeat performance and, and really create havoc against the, the Rams' offense. And I think Jamon Brown, while I think the Rams' offensive line has made big strides this year, certainly, you know, getting rid of Greg Robinson and replacing him with uh, <laughs> Andrew right. Wetworth is, is, is you know, yeah. is, is about as far a jump as you can humanly make on the offensive line. But I do think there's still some vulnerabilities on that right side. And I, I think if the Falcons are going to win this game, they're going to really need to try to, you know, expose that uh, as a reality as opposed to, you know, at this point, a suspicion. Yeah, I got chills in, in my spine when I heard Greg Robinson's name again and and thinking of our of our offensive line last year. And I, I went back and watched some of the tape and um, of that game last year. And it's just I mean, it's just crazy to think where we were at last year to where we're at now. I mean, we fumbled the opening kickoff. We couldn't even get a, a kickoff return before you guys had seven points up on the board. And I think we had a pick six returned and a fumble picked up and returned for a touchdown. It was an ugly game. Uh, but we got to thank you. If we can thank anybody, it's the Atlanta Falcons for whooping us up so bad. We fired Jeff Fisher uh, right after that game. So uh, if there's one thing Atlanta did for us and we can we can say we're happy to see him again, it's because they helped us get rid of Jeff Fisher. And here we are a year later and we're in the playoffs facing you guys. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. You named a bunch of you know great stuff there as you talked about uh, your, your line with Mac kind of being a little banged up and a backup guard. I mean – I know all of Rams Nation, when they hear a backup guard going against Aaron Donald, everyone just gets super excited. But you never know how things happen and, and how Mac's going to play and if he can help out over there and, and if Matt Ryan can get the ball out quick. I mean, that's why we play the game. Um, kind of closing this thing out, I want to do a little bit of a prediction with you and see what, you, what your thoughts are. Why don't you give me a score prediction and maybe you know a little bit on, on why you think it's going to go the way that you predict. Well, I'm going to stay consistent with the other podcasts that I've done this week in in terms of my score prediction. I'm I'm going to take the homer pick. I think the Falcons will find a way to to pull this win off. I do think the the team is playing with a lot of confidence. I do think their playoff experience will matter a little bit and help them get off to a, a, a fast start and maybe not have the Rams come out with as fast a start as they're used to and maybe force them to play from behind a little bit. And that will certainly, you know, help the Falcons slow down Ty Gurley a, a little bit and, and maybe put a little bit more pressure on Jared Goff. And that could lead to some mistakes uh, for the, the second year quarterback. So I'm going to go with a score of 27, 24. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I, you know, I'm hoping that maybe because the fact the Falcons have a reliable veteran kicker and, and the Rams have an unproven guy that that may make a difference in the outcome of this game. So, 
you know, maybe for once the Falcons special teams will will finally triumph over a, another team. All right. Well, I like it, and I got to give you some credit. I've done a handful of these crossovers, and uh, you're sticking with your team. I like it. I've had a couple people jump over and, and pick the Rams. It makes me feel good, uh, but I like it. You're sticking with your crew. You've been there all year long with them, uh, and I'm the same way. I think um, the Rams looking at what we got here with home field advantage, uh, you know, I probably said it five times, but the best offense in the NFL, um, I'm going to bank on that, that that continues. And I'm going to put all my chips on Sean McVay. I mean, this guy all year long has kind of proven that there's no game too big. There's no moment too big that he looks at the very next day, just like he did the previous day. Uh, so I expect him to get these guys ready. I think I'm, I mentioned it earlier. I feel like we're going to have the same type of emotions we did when we went up to Seattle and we came out on fire. Um, we've had eight turnovers on the first possession of our defense this year. I'm hoping we can get off to a, a quick start again and maybe get our ninth of the year. Um, I, I have it kind of around where you have it as far as score goes. I think it's going to be a 31 to 24 game for the Rams. Um, I hope it's a little bit higher than a three point game because as I mentioned, I don't know what the heck we got with Sam Ficken yet. And I don't want to put it down on his leg, but if Sean McVay's got confidence in him, I guess we got to sit there and cross our fingers and see what happens. I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna get a late defensive stop and pull away with a late touchdown. I, I expect Todd Gurley to go for about 150 total yards, um, probably around seven to eight catches out of the backfield. Uh, we've just got so many weapons on the offensive side, from Cooper Cup to Farrell Cooper in the return game. Sammy Watkins has had a couple good games. He's got eight touchdowns on the year, but they're all coming from inside the 20. I expect him to kind of hopefully maybe have that breakout game. It would be nice to happen in the playoffs. I think our offense is just too much. You're a little banged up on the offensive line. I expect our defense to put some pressure on and Matt Ryan to have to force a couple things uh, with our ball hawking defense. I'm expecting to win the turnover battle, and I think that's going to be a big key in what happens here. So I got Rams 31-24. But it's the playoffs, and anything can happen. I uh, would like to see how this game goes. It's going to be warm weather. I know we talked about the cold that's hitting the East Coast, and uh, it's going to be hopefully a nice day out here in California. We're going to have a packed stadium of 75,000-plus. Uh, we've had multiple games where a lot of the away team has flooded into the stadium. I don't expect that this week. There sh should be some Atlanta fans, but I think this is going to be a heavy Rams crowd. And first playoff game since, um, I think, 86 here in, in the L.A. region for the Rams. So pretty exciting stuff. Aaron, I appreciate your time uh, coming on, talking Falcons, Rams, and uh, everyone that's listening. Feel free, go jump on iTunes, leave me or Aaron a review. Give us some thumbs up. Tell us you love us. Tell us what you want. Reach out to me. You can find me at L.A. underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. You can also reach me at locked on rams on twitter Aaron, where can everyone find you at i am at falc fans on twitter f-a-l-c-f-a-n-s and of course locked on falcons is the podcast i host and of course you can find out all the information about that podcast on locked on falcons on twitter as well awesome great great time talking to you best of luck and uh go rams go falcons well, there you have it, Rams Nation. That was Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. Great chat. Really enjoyed it. 
finally got someone that goes against us in the picks. He's sticking with his home team, and you know I got to give him props for it. Should be a good game on Saturday. We've got one more day to chat about it and talk it up. So if you have any questions, you want to hear anything uh, talked about during this playoff matchup, hit me up on Twitter. You know what it is, at LA underscore Rambling Bear and at Locked On Rams. If you haven't checked it out, we just released a new Rams podcast. That's me and James' podcast that we do, uh, more of a long form. We dropped that last night. It has us kind of going a little bit into depth what we talked about yesterday. And then we kind of have a fun rivalry chat, which I'd love to hear you guys take on. Uh, go over there, listen to it. Me and James kind of battled it out near the end. We always had a great time, a couple more beers deep than the first podcast, so it always gets a little interesting. All right, Rams Nation, appreciate it as always. Don't forget, we're going to have one more episode before the week's over. Hit me up. Gosh, I can't wait for this game on Saturday. Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network and NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.